So Albert Taylor uh, was an AP correspondent in Korea who broke the news about the 1919 March 1st movement, as well as the Japanese military police's ruthless oppression of civilians. One notable example that he covered was the Tiamri massacre, which saw Japanese police lock dozens of people in a church in Gyeonggi province and set it on fire, one of the more grisly stories to emerge from this period. Well, the Dilkusha residence, a two-story red brick house that stands north of Sajik Tunnel in Jungno district, used to be home to the late journalist, and Seoul City began restoring it in 2016. Let's now welcome on the line Jennifer Lindley-Taylor, Albert Taylor's granddaughter, to hear more about her family's story. Thank you for joining us. Hello, thank you for having me. So your grandfather, as an AP correspondent, played such an important role in telling the world about the March 1st movement. Can you tell us a bit more about his work? Um, well, as a, a correspondent for the Associated Press, um, 99 years ago today, um, he was um, covering the funeral of the last emperor of, uh, of Korea. And he, he was out in the street um, taking photographs of that. And it just so happened that on that day, my father, Bruce Tickell Taylor, was born in Severance Hospital. So he left his duties out in the street and went to um, visit his wife and see my father, who had just been born. So he went to the hospital, and unbeknownst to him, there was a group of Korean patriots that had been inspired by President Woodrow Wilson's speech uh, that were printing their um, manifesto in the basement. Now, he, he went up into the room where my grandmother had just given birth and went to pick up the baby, and some papers fell to the floor. And he took those papers to the window and looked at them and realized that it was the Declaration of Independence. And a nurse had, um, had taken the copies from the basement and gone up to this room because there was extraterritoriality in this room where my grandmother was giving birth, and so the Japanese soldiers couldn't, could not go in there. And so he pretty much left the hospital um, quite quickly and um, get, got those uh, copies to his brother, Bill, who hid them in the hollowed-out heel of his shoe and smuggled them out of the country to Tokyo. And my grandfather was able to use the, this uh, power of the press to help stop massacre of um, Koreans that was taking place out in the streets at that time. Such a multi-dimensional role. I mean, having a story virtually land on your lap, but also to play uh, a kind of humanitarian position as well. I've got to ask you, you know, culturally, their background here. The, you know, what led him to to have this affection for the people of Korea. Um, and even just looking at the name of that house, Dil Kusha, I, when I first saw it, I was like, that, that's definitely not a Korean name. It doesn't sound English. It's not a Japanese word. But it, but it's Hindi, meaning palace of hope, I found out. Um, or you yeah. could say paradise or happiness in heart. I mean, there's a few different interpretations. And your grandparents actually built that house. Can you tell us For a bit more about that? It was always the, the palace of heart's delight. Um, my grandmother, um, British-born, um, went to um, visit a, the Dilkusha Palace, which is in Lucknow in India. 
And it's a relative of ours um, had defended that um, palace in the 1850s, and so she wanted to go and, and, and look at it. And from the moment that she saw that palace, she decided that that would be the name of her house um, that she would have someday. And so she's <laughs> had that name in her heart since that moment. I, I mean, it's just notable as a red brick house standing still in Seoul, and you must be pleased that Seoul City began restoring it and is, is, is protecting its legacy. Oh, I'm just... Uh, it's pretty much a dream come true that it's going to be restored and, and hopefully it'll be um, for, the, for next year, for the 100th year anniversary of the March 1st movement. And it's, it's just amazing the life that that house has had from housing um, refugees from North Korea and... Uh, a couple of uh, South Korean families as well, and now mo- most of them, I think there's one family left to, to be um, housed in another location. Some people have left on their own, some have, have passed away, and now it seems that uh, the restoration will go forward. And as a further indication of your relationship with Seoul, um, you actually donated in that same year, 2016, when restoration work began, or when it was launched, 508 artefacts to Seoul Museum of History. Can you can you tell us a bit more about what we can learn from those items? Well, actually, incredibly enough, it's actually 2,200 items, and 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 then wow, today, I mean, the number I was given was 508, so it's even more impressive. <laughs> And then just today, um, you know, funnily enough, um, the transport company came um, directed by the Seoul uh, City Museum to collect a, a couple hundred more items. That was just this morning. So it's quite <laughs> serendipitous well, that it's today on my father's 99th birthday, would have been his 99th birthday. Uh, it's, it's just a collection of many different things from from letters to... Um, to passports, to items that they've had in their home, to clothes, Korean clothing, to um, silver. Uh, it's just an incredible amount of, um, of items that my grandmother meticulously <laughs> saved and I have been the custodian of. And I'm just so thrilled that I um, was able to donate all of these items and there will be um, an exhibition at the Seoul City Museum of History in late November. It will be opening, and then I think it will be continuing on through uh, March 1st. So I'll be very uh, interested to visit then and see that exhibition and then subsequently come back for March 1st celebrations as well. Another legacy of your grandparents um, is the book titled Chain of Amber, written actually by your grandmother, Mary Lindley Taylor. What is that about for anyone who'd like to check that out? Uh, well, it's just an autobiographical book um, that she wrote and covers her life uh, journey starting from England when she joined a theater company with her sister, Betty, and that was at the outbreak of World War One. And then they set off with this um, theater company to tour East Asia. And she was in Yokohama um, in, in a play... And my grandfather, Albert Wilder Taylor, happened to be there um, buying some mining equipment. And he was invited to the cast party of the play that she was in, and that's where they met and fell in love. And then the journey is shared, obviously, after that. Uh, and <laughs> your, your grandfather is, is buried in 
this country and Korea. Was that his choice? Uh, yes, well, when they were forced to leave the country in 1942 by the Japanese and um, returned to the United States, and they lived in Southern California for a time, all the while hoping to return to Korea. Uh, that was my grandfather's dream. He didn't want to stay in the States. Um, unfortunately, he passed away before he could come back. Um, but he had told Mary that he wanted his ashes to be buried alongside his father's. And so, against pretty much all odds at the time, it was pretty impossible to get to be able to travel back to, to Korea at that time. But my grandmother always pretty much got her way when she put her mind to something. And uh, she was, in fact, able to uh, bring his ashes back to, to Korea and, and, and bury them there next to his father. Really amazing how someone who was originally an outsider became so entrenched in Korean modern history, but also his, you know, your grandparents' own personal story there. And we can continue to live it with the Dilkusha residence being open for the public next year, which will then be the 100-year anniversary of the March 1st movement. For now, Jennifer Lindley Taylor, Albert Taylor's granddaughter, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much.